you to the new Patriot Power Generator 2000X. It's our newest sold.
morning, everybody. It is January 11th, year of our Lord, 2023. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus comes calling, I am clicking this button, not this button, if you know what I'm saying. Jesus comes calling, I'm answering. I ain't declining. Get what I'm saying? How you doing, guys? Thank you very much for being here with me this morning. It's good to see all of you bright and early. I know some people are getting a lot of snow. Some people have snow days and they're snowed in. But you know what? You know, know something, folks? Always make the best out of a bad situation. If it's snowing and you got to get out there and you got to shovel and you got to throw salt down so you don't slip down and fall and hit your head, Make the best of a bad situation, right? It's not that bad of a situation. We're getting some snow, right? That's just God's way of sprinkling a little love on top. Get out there and put your earbuds in and just listen to the Bible on audio while you shovel or snow blow or scoop or whatever it is that you do to get your driveways and sidewalks clear. Um, have a good time doing it. Think about being a kid and having a snow day. And while you're an adult now and you need to go to work and make money, sometimes, just sometimes, it's, uh, it's not that bad. Uh, big shout out to everybody watching. We've got Race Mom, who's watching this morning. Cat352 is here. Lord Fishy is ready for the word of God today. Eileen Jimenez, Funkhauser's in the building. Miss Mocha Powered is here. Moose for Trump is here. Miranda Dolan, God bless you. We love you so very much. Dawn is in the building, ready for the word of God this morning. CQ and Patty in the pews this morning, waiting for the gospel. Ivanisser is here saying, not feeling well today. Make sure you guys pray for her, please. Matt Perringer is here. Veronica and Kleine is in the building. Laterer is here. Jeremy, are you getting flooding? No, we are not. No, we are not. Jay Gizme is in the building. Amanda Collins is here. Suzanne is in the building. We've got some people talking about the LFA family page on Facebook. Apparently, uh, a lot of people started joining that lately. So big shout out to all of you folks. And uh, hey, who's ready for the word of God this morning? The title of today's show, The Mind is a Battlefield. Now, I'm going to play some videos today uh, where kind of a video that kind of led me to this topic today, uh, because you ever see those, um, you ever see those old, old war movies, Eli, where two like opposing forces come together, the old way of doing war. And they just stand in front of each other and just blast each other until there's nobody left. Well, the battlefield that's going on in your mind is similar to that times a thousand and never ending. That's how much of a war is going on for your mind and for your heart every single day. And I need you to ask yourself this. If you weren't so precious, then why is the devil and God fighting over your soul? Why is God fighting to save your soul and the devil is fighting to claim your soul and destroy your soul? If you weren't precious, if you weren't special in any way, shape, or form, then nobody would be fighting over you. That's how wonderful you are. That's how precious you are. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, today I went, uh, I, I left the house. I want to tell you a quick story. I left the house this morning and uh, I left a little early than I normally do. So I stopped and got a coffee out uh, at the store. And when I, when I got out, I was actually wearing, I wasn't wearing this hat. I was wearing the hat that uh, Will Johnson sells on his website. It was said Christian. So I had this, I had a Christian hat on. I had this Jesus calling shirt on, which I only had a vest over. So you could see the whole thing. I have my, right now I'm wearing my, my uh, armor of God sweatpants as well. And like, I'm just Jesus out. And I was thinking about it this morning and the amount of people that were staring at me. Uh, somebody said something is wrong if Amanda Collins isn't here. Amanda is here. She's right there. Like right up, right above you there. 
No, she's there. Um, so anyway, I'm all Jesus out, right? And I get out of the truck and I go in, I get my coffee. You see the way everybody's looking at me. Some people are sneering. Some people are just staring. Like, I can't believe that somebody's got the guts to do this. And uh, the uh, attendant was a trans. And every single person before me in line, the person was very polite. The trans person was very polite to everybody. Having conversation, smiling, talking, and, you know, very talkative person, which is a good thing, by the way. And uh, it's a good thing to talk to people. It's a good thing to to, want to have conversation with people. So, you know, I applaud him, her, for doing that, whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was. It had boobs and a beard, so I'm not really sure. Uh, But anyway, long story short, when I got up to the counter, they didn't want anything to do with me. They didn't smile at me. Here you go. Turn their head like this. I was like, wow. I was like, well, have a great day. God bless you. Didn't say a word. Turned around, walked away. And I was thinking to myself, wow. Either that person thinks that I was sitting here silently judging them for being clearly and openly trans, or they are just Jesus phobes. Is that a word, Eli? Can we say that? I mean, if you're a phobe of everything else that you don't agree, are they Jesus phobes? Are you holy phobes? I mean, I think we need to come up with our own words, right? Anyway, long story short, folks, I was very polite. I expected them to be very polite like they were with everybody else, but they weren't because I was a billboard for Jesus this morning. So it is a very, very good idea to get yourself some Jesus merch, whether you buy it from us or whether you buy it from somebody else, so that you can spread the gospel without even saying a word. It actually made me very happy to spread the gospel this morning. So ladies and gentlemen, as we spread the gospel, and as we talk about the mind being a battlefield, let's start the day out today, right, by going to the Lord in prayer. We're 15 minutes past the hour. Please, ladies and gentlemen, think of those people that need our prayers this morning. Like the, 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 uh, the gas station attendant. Let's pray for them. Because, you know, we want to have conversations too. I wanted to have a conversation too. I like chopping it up in the morning. I like stopping at the store in the morning, seeing all the people bright and early, getting ready for work. You know, you got the your old timers that are always just sitting there having the same old conversation. Oh, what you doing today? This is how they sound, by, uh, by the way, here in New England. The old timers... And correct me if I'm wrong, Eli, right? This is how it is. What are you doing? Oh, not much. You out there working or you hardly working? Well, you know me. Staying out of trouble, though, right? Well, I don't know about that. I still got plenty of trouble. Oh, well, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I don't know. Probably Saturday afternoon. We're going to go right up there in the fields. Probably spread some of that manure up there. And then we probably got to go right down over there to Windsor. Probably drop off something to that guy over there. Then we're going to head back, you know. You got the, you got the right, Eli? <laughs> That's that old New Hampshire, Vermont, you know, uh, conversation. Same old stuff every day, right? You go in there. You go in the morning. You see that crowd. It's kind of like high school, right? You got your cliques. And then you got your kids that are an hour and a half early for school. They shouldn't even be out of the house yet. Dressed, looking like they're ready for bed with slippers on and and pajamas. You got that crowd. Then you got your crowd of people that are just normal, hardworking, blue-collar people, ready to get up every morning, getting there, getting their coffee. They got to get out. They got to go to work, right? And then there's me. And I just want to talk to all of them. What are you doing? What are you guys doing? What are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? Hey, does anybody want to talk about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today? I mean, come on. I mean, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I got, I get up to the counter and, you know, things changed. So we're going to pray for those people. We're going to pray for our minds and the battlefields that are going on in our minds every single day. But the key is to not have a battlefield going on in your heart, right? Your heart and mind, your heart should be solid and good, full, filled with the Holy Spirit. Your mind, though, you need to train that. You need to train your mind. You need to be stubborn for God. If you, if, if you know what I mean. Uh, Yvonne says, I wear your shirts in the public school I work at. 
I get a mixture of nice face comments and bad faces, but no comments, no bad comments. Linda said, is anyone else getting commercials on here? That is a Rumble thing. That is not a LFA TV thing. Unless you have a, uh, like a business or a professional account, I think you get commercials uh, like you do on YouTube. Um, probably a way for, you know, Rumble to make some money. Um, I can see that, Jeremy, you're a chatterbox. Oh, yeah, my wife hates it. My wife says, do you ever shut up? Do you ever stop talking? And I'm like, I mean, when I'm asleep. <laughs> and she goes, no, you don't even do that. She goes, when you're sleeping, you're bragging. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you're over there bragging about how deep you're sleeping with your snoring. You sound like a chainsaw. <laughs> I said, that's bragging? She goes, yeah. <laughs> Eli goes, I thought she meant that you're over there going like, oh, I'm the greatest podcaster of all time. Oh, Trump 45, MAGA, 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 MAGA. <laughs> All right, folks. We are clearly, clearly off to a bang this morning. So let's remove our hats and let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? All right. Lord and Heavenly Father, in the name of of your son, our savior, Jesus of Nazareth. Father God, we humble ourselves before you today with smiles on our faces that we are so blessed. We are so blessed with knowledge. Knowledge and humility. I think that's what makes us a Christian. And the further we get in this journey with Jesus, Lord God, it, it, you smile every day even more. Because every day you learn that the day before was just another stepping stone to heaven. Another day to learn, grow, spread seeds. Heavenly Father, we know that there's a battlefield in our mind going on 24-7, even when we're asleep. And we know that if we are not stubborn for God, meaning that there is no way to pull us off our square then the devil will work his way in, find his way in, and destroy us from the inside out. Our mind is like the southern border, and it's being invaded constantly. Lord, help us build a wall today in our minds to separate the good from the bad, the right from the wrong, the righteous from the unrighteous. Lord, I pray that you can use me today through the Holy Spirit, to get your message out there to everybody who's listening and watching, everybody who's sharing, and those who are coming in for the first time. Help me make sense of your words to everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. Bad Moon says, party time. Chit-chat, chit-chit-chat. Ivanister says, Jeremy, you're so joyful all the time. Love it. Makes my day to hear you and spread the gospel. Well, you know, that's, I try to make the best, like if if something bad happens, I try to make a joke of it. And sometimes people even get a little sick of that. They're like, don't you understand the seriousness of the situation? And I'm like, I do, but I see it as half full, not half empty. So that's all. Like I am, if I start going down the path of negativity or pessimism, I will fall down that slide so fast into depression. And so I know that I need to keep myself far from that thought process. Just like I know I need to keep myself from the club or the bar at midnight. Nothing good happens at that late at night. There's no reason that mothers and fathers and husbands and wives should be out at 11 o'clock and midnight to look for fun. I can promise you that's when the demons prowl. I can promise you that is where the demons are, right? Um, so let's get into it, folks, shall we? We're going we're gonna to get right into the mind as a battlefield. I'm going to go to the, the description of today's show. This is episode number 267. I said, your mind is the biggest battlefield on earth. Far bigger than two opposing armies ready to face off to death. It's constant. The battlefield in your mind, it's constant. 
Even when you are sleeping, the war rages on. How are you to find the stamina to fight this battlefield your whole life, never stopping? What happens when, not if, when you get tired and weak? What are the signs that you should look for that you are fading into nothingness? We're going to talk about that today. So the verse of the day today is going to be brought to you by, and I want you to grab your Bibles, open up to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and we're going to read 10.1 all the way to 10.12, and maybe even further. 10, 1, at least all the way to 10, 12. 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12. And I'll give you a minute to get there. Now, while you're opening up your Bibles, and I pray that you guys all do, it's better to, um, it's better to follow along, right? I want to read for, to you from understanding the 66 books of the Bible. I want to read to you a 5,000-foot overview of what 2 Corinthians is all about. And once I'm done, we'll get into the, to the verses. Second Corinthians. If you find yourself slandered in today's world, there are many ways to set the record straight. For we have access to modern communication and technology. But in the first century, the Apostle Paul didn't have modern media. It was difficult for him to defend himself. 2 Corinthians was essentially a document to prepare the church in Corinth for an imminent visit in which Paul intended to set the record straight about his integrity and his authority. 2 Corinthians is wonderful. It really is. It shows a man of faith, a man of Jesus, standing up and saying, No, no. This is the way it is. This is what I'm doing. This is the way you are to act. There's definitely going to be punishment for those who don't. And just because I seem timid in person when you've seen me doesn't mean that I'm not about it. You know what I'm saying? This is Paul exercising authority and setting the record straight with any naysayers or people talking behind his back. And you know, we've dealt with plenty of that here, right? Paul had founded the church in Corinth in his second missionary missionary journey. But after his departure, false apostles had arrived. Their hurtful slander infected believers. These false apostles, Paul declared in 2 Corinthians, were agents of Satan masquerading as ministers of righteousness. Paul described his own sufferings for Christ and appealed to the Corinthians to remember that, quote, you are our epistle, he said, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. It is not necessary to answer all of our critics or to defend ourselves for the sake of pride or legacy. Remember that video of that girl that I showed you where she said, when an atheist or somebody comes up to her and says, prove to me that your God exists. She goes, no. And that was it. Nothing else. No, I don't have to do that. And I'm not going to do that. It's kind of like the same temptation that Satan brought to Jesus when he was fasting in the wilderness for 40 days. He challenged him. Challenged him to try to explain or defend or do something in action that he did not want to do that he did not have to do just like that girl said no i don't have to do that no but when an attack harms the cause of christ that's different how wonderful to be able to say as paul did in second corinthians quote Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, but reconciled to God. 
For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness in God of God in him. Now, the key thought, key verse, key action, key prayer. The key thought of 2 Corinthians. Those who represent Christ must have a clear message of godly motives and methods so that their integrity will be obvious even amid slander to them. Key verses. Quote, the one I just read. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. That is 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21. Key action. Slander in the work of Christ is temporary. Service for the cause is Christ and is eternal. And key prayer, Lord, I am righteous only because of your righteousness. Now that we understand the book of 2 Corinthians, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 10, 1. And I'll read this for you. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you went away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as they do, the people that were judging by appearances. Like that transgender was judging me today. I wasn't judging the trans. I was actually not even thinking about it. I was obviously thinking that person's a trans, but I wasn't going to be up there and go be rude to the person or anything. They belong to Christ just as much as I do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority that the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. You think I'm going to be ashamed of this? Huh? After everything I've been through in my life, you think that I'm going to be ashamed of this? Huh? I'm proud of this in every way. And I will promote it everywhere I go. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters, says Paul. For some say, quote, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he's unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realize that we are in our letters when we are absent. We will be in our actions when we are present. The war for your mind, which most people let guide them instead of their hearts filled with the Holy Spirit, is 24-7, 365 days a year, from the minute you're born into sin to the minute you die in your salvation. Or your sin. It's as black and white as that. There is no skewed lines. I should say there are no skewed lines. There is no misinterpretation. There is no muddying the waters. With God, it is either this or this. And there's no argument. There's no debate. There's plenty of discussions. But there is no debate. Hopefully.
hopefully they never spit in your coffee, Jeremy. I get my coffee myself. I just go up and put it on the counter and say, and then you know what I do? I always, 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 maybe 9.9% of the time, maybe not always, but I always try to pay for the next 10 coffees behind me. So 10 coffees at two bucks, about 20 bucks. Eli says he spits in my coffee and I don't even know. Mm, Good. Mm, Spit. But I do that because usually the people that are working at the gas station are just unbelievably miserable. And I don't know if it's because they're working at the gas station or if it's just because they're miserable people. I don't know. But it seems to be like everybody that I run into that works at a gas station, very rarely are they happy people. So I try to make them smile. And usually if I buy 10 coffees for the people behind me or whoever buys gets a coffee next, they always go, well, that was very nice. That was very nice of you. And I said, well, thank you. Hopefully more people will come in and do the same thing, huh? And then that kind of puts a smile on their face. See, if I would go up there and say, thank you very much. God bless you. Has anybody spread the word of Jesus Christ to you today? They'd be like, get out of here because they're holy phobes, right? But if I go and show the greatness of God by my works, that puts a smile on everybody's face. So that battle for your mind is even going on in situations like I found myself today. The situation that I found myself in today was a battle for my mind. It really was. Because I would be lying to you if I said that in no way, shape, or form was I a little bit bothered by that person's disrespect towards me because of what I was wearing. But when I realized, wait a minute, people judge people by the way they look, the way they dress, the way they sound, the way they talk, what they, whatever it is, every day, all day. So why am I so, why do I feel so disrespected by this person I should just show them love. But right there, that split second, that very split second, I almost got to a point where I was going to like, are you treating me like crap because I'm sporting Jesus? I don't even know what you are. At least you know what I am. That's what was going through my mind. And I'm like, no, no, don't do that. I've been preaching for this whole last week and a half about showing people better than you can tell people. So in that split second, the devil found his way in because he's always waiting like a hungry lion for my mind. He wanted me to say something that I should not have said. He wanted me as a representative of Jesus wearing all my Jesus gear. He wanted me to represent Jesus wrongly. I mean, what better person to claim their mind to win a battle for that day, even if it's just for five seconds? What better person than a person who is a billboard for Christ? Imagine that. Imagine that. It's like wearing your company clothes, company logo, company hat, company sweatshirt, company jacket into a place, causing a ruckus, saying something that ends up getting Uh, negative remarks on the company and ultimately gets you fired. But this is way worse. Imagine if I, who was a billboard for God, was like, you trans loser, blah, 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 whatever it is, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Everybody would have looked at me and been like, that's why we hate Christians. You're nothing but hypocrites. So the, (laughs) so the one thing that you need to make sure that you do if you are wearing this stuff like I did today, all out. I mean, even my, like I said, even my sweatpants say armor of God down the side of them. They got a big, uh, a big logo over here that says armor of God. One thing you got to be careful about is if you do dress like this and go out, you better be ready to be, uh, to represent Jesus. 
Don't let anybody pull you off your square because the one thing that people will try to do if they see you dressed like this is they will try to get you away from God. They are so offended by what you're wearing even. They will try to pull you away from God. Instead, maybe the next time I go into that gas station, that individual, whatever, I can't say he or she because I don't know. I don't know. I, Eli, I truly don't know. Usually, you, that's the weird thing, dude, is back in the day, you could tell who was a trans or who was a, a drag queen. That's what we called them back then, drag queens, right? Transvestites, drag queens. It was what they, yeah, they don't even use the word transvestite anymore because transvestite is just somebody who wants to be a, uh, the other gender, right? They just want to look like, and, but they know that they're still not that gender. Transgender came when you could actually start changing gender. Now that you can start actually, not biologically, but with medicine and with uh, pills and, and hormone blockers and all this stuff, you can literally do your best to become whatever it is you want to become. And what the problem with that is, is back in the day, you could say that was a man or that was a woman. Now you can't. Now I didn't, I truly did not know. No, I didn't know, dude. No, no, I say, when I say I can't say it, I say I can't, I can't say it because I don't know. Not because I can't say it because I can't say it legally. I don't know. It looked like a guy, but it had boobs and it had a girl's body, but it looked and sounded everything like a guy. It had mustache, beard, everything. I don't know. I just don't know. But hopefully when I go back in there, they're friendly to me. He or she. I'll be friendly to them. I wasn't going to not be friendly today. Hopefully buying coffees or something like that is inspiring enough for them to say, well, that Christian is actually what Christians say they are. So, you know, I was definitely, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a battlefield going on this morning in my mind. And uh, that's right, Shan, they're not evil. They're just confused. And you know what? We're confused too. It's just not about our gender. It's about a lot of other things. So again, like that says up there, if we judge people, we have to know that they're, they belong to Christ just as much as we do. The difference is we're children of God. They are not yet. Hopefully they will be. See, Cappy, I cannot wait to buy a flannel. We're putting them up on the website next week. And they are awesome. We have two. We have black and gray and we have red and black. Yeah, I've got to make sure we get Sean those, Eli, because he wears nothing but flannels, right? El Dooley says, wow, I'm glad I look like a woman. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I blame Big Pharma, says Shan. Hey, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, I got a few videos to show you here. So let me get my uh, headphones on so I can hear them too. Yes, Kong, uh, you say I prevailed, and you, you're, you're almost right. But God prevailed. We're going to give all glory to God on that one. Because like I said, I was about to go through, through a thing. You know, I was about to be like, how dare you treat me like that? I know it's because I'm wearing this stuff. But again, what good would that have done, right? All right. Um, I think this is the, yeah, this is the one that's about your mind being a battlefield. This is actually what gave me the idea uh, for the show today. And this was before I went through this war in my mind this morning on the screen and roll it gives us this revelation the bible tells us that your mind is a battlefield the enemy wants to attack your mind he wants to plant thoughts of worry anxiety and stress in your mind if he can get you to doubt god he can get you to walk away from the lord if he can get you to doubt the word of god then you will trust yourself not the lord and how many of you know that never goes good when you do your own thing and control that situation paul is saying listen that is a rebellious thought from the enemy to keep, you to keep you in bondage and so you take those thoughts and you teach them to obey Christ the word of God what God has promised for your life so the devil will not come to fight you with physical weapons but he will attack your mind with deceitful thoughts because yes. he is a liar yes he's a liar he's always been a liar. liar he is the father of lies that's what the scripture tells us but here's a revelation for you today about your mind training your mind the enemy can only tear you down with the thoughts that he is allowed to plant Ooh. in your head. Let's go. Preach it. Think about it like that. 
He can only tear you down with the thoughts that he is allowed to plant in your head. The moment you believe it, you allow those lies to be led. The sin that you gave into, it happens because at some point in your life, you believed otherwise. To give into that temptation, that it would fulfill you, that it would make you happier in the moment. That this is. But the Bible gives us this revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, I loved what that guy just said, and I had an idea. God waited on my heart. Guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to go buy a $20 gift card from Dunkin' Donuts or somewhere near here, and I'm going to go in tomorrow, and I'm going to give that gift card to that attendant, and I'm going to say, I just thought you've been doing a heck of a job here, and I come in in the mornings, and I see how nice you are to people, and I just wanted to repay the kindness, and I'm going to give them a gift card while I'm wearing my Jesus shirt tomorrow. And I will inform you tomorrow on how that goes. I pray to God they're working tomorrow. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord and Heavenly Father, if this is your will tomorrow to touch this person's heart in such a way that they know that Jesus loves them regardless of what they're going through in their lives, Lord, please let them be working tomorrow. Let's bring light to that person's life. Let's bring a different perspective to that person as to what Christians really are. In Jesus' name, let's make this happen together. Amen. Amen. Because, and I can feel some tears behind my eyes right now because I saw the hatred that person had for me today. I did. For the very first time, like I've seen people not really like that I promote Jesus or talk about Jesus. But for the first time, I saw pure hatred for what I was wearing today. Because that person has talked to me before. And that hurts. That kind of hatred hurts. So it makes me think that that person probably is hurting like that 24-7. Imagine that. Imagine feeling that kind of hatred towards you 24-7. And that's what they probably feel like. Those people that think they're trans, they probably feel like the world is against them and hates them. It's probably why they have so many suicidal thoughts. Won't it be great to go in there and let that person know tomorrow, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you loves you and I will do it in a way so that that person doesn't think I'm singling them out because they're trans I will say I come in here every day and I see you bringing a smile to people's faces I just wanted to say God bless you you're doing a great job keep bringing joy to people's faces every day and in that gift card I will have in there a verse I'll have a verse Philippians 413 just like it says right here see that 413 Everything is possible with Christ, folks. Oh, thank you, Kittenhead, for the gift card. We can never assume what others are thinking. Now I know how Jehovah's Witnesses feel when I look at them the same way, question mark, question mark. Jehovah's Witnesses are another people who are just lost. Aren't we all just lost in some way, shape, or form? Like, but we judge others because of how lost they are or where they're lost at. Jesus treated the people that were mean to him with respect and love. I think we're going to do that tomorrow. I think we're going to go back to the person that hated me and see if we can't make them not hate me, right? Or at least this. Because I don't think they, I don't think that they hate me. I think they hated this. Let's change that. Jeremy, I feel he was convicted for his wrongs and that made him struggle inside, which made him lash out. You're probably right. Mazipaz says, you just never know what someone's going through. Always be kind and God will shine. Fabulous t-shirt, I love it. Oh, thank you very much. We got him right here on JeremyHerald.com. Needed to hear this message today, said CQ. So did I. So did I. So I've got a couple other messages here to show you. And you heard me talking about um, uh, humility earlier. Um, 
Humility. I, I saw this video here and I, I archived this too. I thought you'd really like this. So let's get into this one as we are 13 minutes away from the end of the show already, folks. I'm an atheist. What am I missing? And Jordan Peterson's answer was immediate. He goes, knowledge and humility. Oof. It was like a mic drop. Atheism is completely irrational. It requires more faith to believe that there's nothing than faith to believe that there's something. You have to say that you know for certainty and all the infinite possibilities out there in this universe that you somehow know for certain there was no creator of anything. That's how ridiculous atheism is. Atheism really are just people that are anti-religion most of the time. If you really dig into it with an atheist and start talking to him and you press him on this point, you'll find that they can't argue against God at all. They have no argument to, to attack God with. They only have arguments against religion's interpretation of God's or the packaging of God through religion, which is easy to tear apart because religion screws this up so colossally. They get dogmatic, they come up with these artificial systems and rules and you have some strong man at the top of a church that's telling people what's gonna to happen to them when they die and what do they gotta to do to be saved and part of that is to kind of worship them and pay them money in the form of tithing. Religion is an easy target for atheism. Atheism is completely irrational. Atheism is completely irrational. And that is what most people who are trans believe. So how can you have any hope? How is there any hope if you have no God? What do you put your hope in? Where do you get your stamina? Where do you get the will to keep going if the whole world is against you? And then you pile on atheism on top of all that which makes you believe the opposite, that there definitely is no God, that you were an accident. If you think that you're an accident, you think nobody likes you, you think everyone's against you, you would rather be happy or dead, and you think the world wants you dead, you don't think you're special. God tells you you're special. Why are Christians always joyful? Because they have joy. Why are non-Christians and non-believers never joyful, but only temporarily happy? Because they have no joy. You can't be joyful if you're joyless, and you can't be joyful without God. It doesn't work that way. So they think that they're not special, as we know we are. God tells us we are. So we're told from the beginning, you are special. I know that every hair on your head, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. You think they have people in their lives telling them this? Propping them up, rallying around them, as we talked about on Tuesday? No. So the best way to get rid of this trendy thing of transgender in our community isn't to fight it and eradicate it. If you try to fight and eradicate and prohibition anything, you know what happens. It gets bigger. What about saving them, purifying them, bringing the gospel to them in a way that isn't like a sword to them, but is like arms, hugging them, now, yeah, you're going to hear me talk about LGBTQ and trans stuff, but it's not about the individual that chooses that lifestyle. It's about the organizations and the mob and the mafia that come and indoctrinate, push, and cancel. That is what I can't stand. That is what I hate, not the individual. Eli will tell you, I've had more gay friends than I know what, than I can even name. And they all tried to turn me. It didn't they, Eli? Remember that back in the day? Eli too. Oh, you'll come one day. You'll come to the, to, the, to, the, to the dark side one day or whatever it was. It's like, cut it out. Stop it. But I was friends with them. I didn't hate them. I don't hate gay people. I do hate the organizations and the mob-style mafia that they've become to try to call everybody a homophobe. Well, you're a holyphobe. How about that? If you say I'm a homophobe, then you're a holyphobe. I'm not scared of anything. Are you? 
Are you scared of that B-I-B-L-E? Are you scared of opening a window or a mirror to your soul? Now, I want to finish off today's show with playing a video from Frank Turek. It's a five-minute video, so we'll come back to me before we go. But this is Frank Turek talking to a youngster in a crowd about what happens when we die, how to speak truth without being offensive. Now, a lot of people in America would go, I don't care if I'm offensive or not, but you must care when you're spreading the gospel because when you're spreading the gospel, you must make sure that a conversation happens. And if you're rude and offensive to somebody immediately, now, if you're offensive by telling them the truth and the truth is done in a way where you're not like, you're going to burn in hell, you little scumbag, you know what I mean? And they still get offended and that's, that is what it is. But I'm saying to do it in a way that is respectful, that's the only way to spread the gospel. And I want to thank Stretch for the $50. God bless you, man, for the card. Thank you. Well, that's a little bit more than I needed, but maybe I'll buy a gift card for other people. And do the same thing and keep them on hand. How about that? Ray Comfort does it. Look at God chick says, I love Brandon Straka. I pray for him. Uh, what about uh, Scott Pressler? We don't love Scott because he's gay. We don't love uh, Brandon because he's gay. Of course we love him. Hey, so I have two questions that I can go quick if we have time for that. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Give, give me your name again. Yeah, Peyton. Peyton, that's right. Yeah. Go ahead, Peyton. So the first one is a kind of a doctrinal question, mm-hmm. theolo- theological question theological question yeah and that's about the state of the dead so yeah. when it comes to the state of the dead generally christianity you believe when you go to die your soul goes up to heaven right you're so, absent from the body present with the lord correct yes. yes so i guess my question would be for instance when we look at the story of lazarus dying uh-huh. when lazarus dies does his soul go up to heaven and then jesus is like oh i need to bring him back to life do i yank him back down to earth like, I, I, if, I, if I died, I'd want to stay up there. I don't want to okay. come back down here. All right. So I, I, and also when we look at texts like First, uh, first Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18, uh-huh. about the Lord coming and rising the right. dead. Right. So m- my view has always been that when we die, we fall asleep. Uh-huh. And then at the second coming, we're raised to life to go to heaven. Okay, yeah. I think that, first of all, with regard to Lazarus, Lazarus was a resuscitation. He was dead. Mm-hmm. He was resuscitated, but not to his glorified body that he will get at the end times his body then later died again all right Mm -hmm. uh so those resurrections were not the kind of resurrection jesus had when he's resurrected into a glorified body that can't decay Mm -hmm. now it seems when paul says to be absent from the body is present with the lord he's not talking about soul sleep which is what you're mentioning here he's saying that he's going to be with the lord and jesus even says this to the thief on the cross today you will be with me in paradise Right? Mm-hmm. So it seems to me there's some sort of conscious existence we have with the Lord when we die. It's mm-hmm. out of the body experience right. or out of the body uh, presence with the Lord. We're not resurrected until the final resurrection when our new bodies are going to be reunited with our souls. And then heaven will be a remade heavens and earth. We're not going to be ghosts <laughs> in heaven. Heaven is actually a physical place, remade heavens and new earth. And God's even going to remake New Jersey. Okay? (laughs) All right, so I think the better evidence is that uh, we don't go to soul sleep. We're actually present with the Lord. What was the second part of that? All right, yeah. So that was my first question. Uh Thank you for that. The second one's about ministry, actually. Uh So um, when it comes to doing something like this, I've done like I'll do a podcast or I'll speak up front. Sometimes I'll get told that I come off as um, like a Uh know-it-all or – maybe even passive-aggressive sometimes. And I guess my question would be, what's your advice in regards to presenting it without coming off as rude or passive-aggressive? How would I know that? I'm from New Jersey. (laughs) I mean, come on. I I don't know what you mean. Well, I just think that... uh, Sometimes people will ask me, particularly on a college campus, if a young person gets up to the microphone and they're a little bit hostile or disrespectful or they don't agree, you know, why, why am I patient with them? Because why should I expect somebody who's, say, 20 years old to agree with me? When I was 20, I didn't agree with my 60-year-old self, <laughs> right? We're all on some sort of journey changing our views as we grow. Hopefully, we're spiritually growing toward Jesus, And Paul said, before I became a Christian, I was an insolent and arrogant man, but Christ showed me mercy. Mm -hmm. So we just need to keep that in mind 
when we're talking to other people who don't hold our views. Yes. We have to keep in mind that yes. why should we expect them to agree with us? Yes. I, I, they don't agree with me and I don't agree with them. So who's right and who's wrong isn't really the issue. Uh, how did we get to where we are now? Then, now we can discuss who's right and who's wrong. But I shouldn't expect people to agree with me. So you just have to keep that in mind. And as I said earlier, evangelism is just one beggar showing another beggar where the food is. Oh, Frank hit him with the truth there. Evangelism is one beggar showing another beggar where the food is. <laughs> what a great way to put it. What a great way to put it anyway, folks. So anyway, folks, tomorrow I will let you know an update on what happens. I will go get coffee in the morning and right here, back here on Rise Up Tomorrow, I want all 1,750 of you watching from the very beginning because I'm going to get right into the story, and I always got a story to tell. I'm full of stories. All true, by the way. All true. All right, folks, I appreciate you. I want to thank those who donated. I want to thank all of you who have shared. If you have not done so yet, please, please, please hit that rumble button. We need all of the rumbles that we can get. God bless you all. I'm going to take you out the same way that I brought you in, and that is some good music, some good gospel music to take you out. Mike Crispy, Unafraid, comes up next. Let's see if we can get everybody who's here watching that. Also, folks, after that, two hours of Live from America with yours truly, I'll be here, raring and ready to go. God bless each and every one of you, and I wanted to read something to you on your way out today. I saved something, and I wanted to close with this today. You ready? Jesus is my way. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my truth. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my father. Jesus is my provider. Jesus is my teacher. Jesus is my deliverer. Jesus is my shepherd. Jesus is my everything. God bless you guys. Enjoy.